This is Jerry Mason, the Kicking Lawyer, and I'm inviting everyone to join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. on the Kicking Lawyer fan page on Facebook for Law Talk Live, where we discuss business, politics, current events, and the law. If you miss the live version, you can watch the playback on YouTube or listen on your favorite podcast platform. It's Jerry Mace, the Kicking Lawyer. We are not live for a law talk, but uh, luckily, luckily, my guest was nice enough today to join us to do a pre-recorded one. Because if you guys are watching this on Tuesday, the what seventh or eighth, I will have had surgery on the, the third, and today is the second. So that gives you some direction on when we're filming this. But as always, make sure you like, follow, subscribe to the channels across platforms. We're available on podcast platforms, social media platforms, TikTok, etc. Um, I want to remind you to support Miss... Oh, wait. No, we don't have Michelle and we've got N.A. Yeah. So N.A., the band, who will be here soon. Uh, Noah and Austin, they actually might come in during some of the filming of this. And their single, Wonder Girl, is now available across platforms for free. It is a single that it's available for free. Um, and then there's my friend Michelle Allen. So she's your go-to in the area if you're trying to do uh, cry like, uh, trying to buy, sell, rent, real estate, whatever. She's your go-to cry like realtor. She'd be glad to help you out. Uh, she's just generally a good person too. So make sure you support her. And of course, Mason's High Octane Martial Arts. That's where uh, I go and I had done my kicking until my my in injury now, where I'm not doing a whole lot of kicking with one leg. But there's other arts that we do there too. I did a video recently. We do stick fighting stuff like that. There's other things you can do even if you can't kick. Um, of course, the Cellar Restaurant Prohibition Bar, located off Square here in Covington, and uh, it's open at 4 p.m. every day. Great drinks, great food. Soon we're going to have a, a DJ Tricky Dicky Virgin drink, I think, which we'll talk about. Uh, but anyway, um, hope, hope to see you guys there. Uh, obviously, after the surgery, I'll need lots of drinks. And then uh, Josh will help you out with Masonite Digital Marketing. If you need help with your brand, online presence, uh, website design, etc. He'd be glad to help you out. So joining me today is Mr. Ben Dickey. How are you doing, Ben? What's up, buddy? Man, you were literally half the man you were the last time you were on here. I am. Uh, about 120 to 30 pounds, I think. Yeah, and you lost it really quick, too. Correct. So uh, let me ask you about that. And then, of course, you can be as transparent or not about it. Yep. But that's that's when you lose weight that quick. Like, like I have lost some weight before like uh the most i had lost is in a three-month period i lost like 40 pounds the first year i was doing the rocky horror show and even then uh, my skin wasn't loose or, or, or like hanging or anything but there was skin did you have any issue with any of that as fast as you lost the weight so it you know I've, I've taken it to another level because I have a trainer, um, and we are targeting, we're targeting certain areas. Yeah. The skin is not a problem right now, but I'm only six months uh, mm -hmm. into my thing. And so for those of you who don't know or are listening, I had gastric bypass surgery. Um, that's pretty much the most, that's the, the most, uh, I guess, invasive one you can have. There's, there's the dotal switch, there's the gastric a sleeve and then there's the u and or r and u y or they call it gastric bypass that's the one i had that's the most i guess the ma most major one they basically take your stomach they make it the size of about a, a golf ball i think they bring your small intestine up and hook it to it and so you have the stomach of a yeah the size of a baseball so so you still get hungry some right yes but then so, you just can't eat so it takes 
the way it was explained to me, um, it takes the it it takes the hormone. There's a hormone. There's an actual hormone in your stomach that it takes away that makes you think you that you're hungry. And I I'd have to I'd have to I should have looked all that up. There's there's some type of hormone in there. But I can I get hungry, but it's not even about food is a I, I look at food now as a necessity i got to put something in my in my stomach i try to pick the best i try to pick the best most nutritional thing that i can put in there because i can only eat so much of it and right now i do not get all of my nutrients through food i have to use supplements really yes i have to use well, uh, well could you not eat more like eight times a day like real real small snack size meals you, you can but there's it's physically impossible to get about 80 grams of protein in a day so i do this because you just shakes. don't have the yeah you don't have the you stomach can't, for it. you can't. literally don't have the stomach for it yeah i can't eat <laughs> i can't eat a whole chicken breast and so you know uh there's some things at the cellar that i can eat which is great uh probably call dad well he's not watching but uh, there's uh those the, the Salmon. Yeah. So I can eat salmon. Mm-hmm. I can't eat the whole fillet though. Mm-hmm. And then I can eat uh I can eat the uh not the Brussels. What is it? The Well we got the sides, we got Brussels sprouts, carrots, boudin balls, uh mm-hmm. uh the bang bang shrimp, uh we got Asparagus. Asparagus. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was okay. to Sorry. I can't do the you know why I can't do the uh the Brussels because of what you finished them in. The sugar? No. No? He what? flash fries them. And you can't... I didn't know that. I didn't know that. You can't have anything fried? No. Nothing. You, so I can't have oils. You can't have that... Fats. Because of the... As a, as a side effect of the surgery? Well... Effectively, I guess? There is a side effect that happens if I do it. Oh, uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. So, sugar, so your diet had to clean up anyway. Oh, man. It's it's completely different. It, it's completely different. Can you eat different. french fries? No. So nothing fried. No, you don't want to. You can I mean, you can yeah. eat anything. Yeah. In moderation. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to. But it just runs through you. Right. <laughs> and it, and 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 the thing about this is so um I'm looking at this as if, for those of you who know me, you know I'm in recovery. That's how I'm looking at this. I'm treating it as a um I've got to attack it mentally, spiritually, physically. Mm-hmm. And so I have to realize that that kind of stuff is the reason I got into the shape that I was in. I see. So, okay. So you looked at it almost like it was an addiction that you've got to recover absolutely. from. No, I, I, w- I had a eating disorder. Yeah, well, that. you know, it's I appreciate you being open and honest about that because I think that, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I don't, they may, they may think they can't identify with people that have drug addictions, <laughs> but you're right, man. There's a whole, the big pandemic is probably in America, the food addiction that people have. Yes. And I think, and you tell me what you think about this. I think part of it is in our culture, yeah. our whole culture. Think about it. When you're going to be social with somebody, what do you do? Where are we going to go eat? Let's go, eat. Just go eat together. Let's go to the cellar. The, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go to the cellar. Or you go uh, even holidays. It's we have this big giant b- banquet feast that we're going to do at a holiday, and that's positive memories. And so part of the reason I bring that up, I don't know, you you may have experienced some of this, but when I was trying to lose weight uh, for the Rocky Show that first year, because I was two sixty five and I got down to two thirteen, mm-hmm. so how many pounds that is? And two thirteen for me was skinny looking, yep. because I'm a bigger muscular guy and I looked. Uh, emaciated is the word I want to use. Yep. 
Anyway, but what I was going to say, one of the things I did, it was a trick, is anytime I ate, I was going to eat, I would go to the bathroom to eat. Now, not like using the bathroom, but I would go in there because you don't want to be in there long. I would eat what I had to eat, whatever my prep stuff was. And then if I was going to go sit with someone socially, all I would do is get a, an unsweet tea. Like that was, that was my trick because then I stopped associating pleasure and the social interaction with the food. That's exactly, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I, I don't, I don't eat food now for pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's literally, I need to put something on my stomach. Uh, now I still enjoy it. I still, like I said, I mean, I, y'all, y'all got some plates down there that I can eat, especially at your restaurant. And so, and then I found some like last night I went to, to downtown Memphis. I went to, uh, the yellow canary or I don't know, somewhere by the Orpheum. Um, and they had a vegetable like plate. It was, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And then I had some like raw oysters. So there's little, there's things that I can eat. Now you got to be really careful with, um, you got to be really careful going to restaurants because you have no idea how they prepare your food. Luckily I know your guy, so mm-hmm. I know how he's yeah, making, will tell you what's yeah, up. I know how he's making that, but you can't, I can't just go anywhere because you literally have no idea what they're doing to it. It's red snappers, a special yeah. this weekend. They of put, course, when this airs, it will have been last weekend, but yeah, anyway, they put sugar in it, like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. They flash fry it. And I didn't know that until after the fact. <laughs> then you found out. You found out pretty quick, probably after out. the fact. But those things are amazing. Well, I want to talk about your evening last night too, because it sounded exciting oh, uh, with the Blue Man Group and stuff. But before we do that, because you're talking about your procedure, yes. And again, okay. it's top of mind for me because tomorrow I have my surgery, and I, so I've had personally, I had a, a rhinoplasty when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but I got my nose broke when I was 16 and competition at world championships and my, it was crooked and i went and, and got it uh supposedly reset the septums reset it was still kind of it's still a little crooked after the fact but anyway i vividly remember it because i was put to sleep for the procedure yeah. and i had at that point never been in sleep well since then i had a vasectomy i was awake mm-hmm. uh i just had a local I had a vasectomy reversal mm-hmm. and very intensive surgery and i was awake i only had local for that i went to oklahoma and was awake the entire time. So just so you know, folks that I'm sure I'll get banned on TikTok for this one, but they literally take your stuff, it's splayed open like this, and they've got these things holding the whole thing open, and you can see everything. And then they go in there and, and reconnect it, right? Anyway, I had that, and then, um, I mean, I had them wisdom teeth out, but this is the, 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 in recent memory, the most invasive thing I've had where I'm going to be put to sleep. So you had experience. Tell me about that for well, you. Uh, it's it's actually pretty rough. My my I was always wondering why my dad always freaked out um, about me going under. Uh, I, I didn't know this, um, and I I may get the story wrong if any of my family's watching. But from what I understand, his sister passed away from being put under. I don't know. It was it was a complicate. Something happened uh-huh. while she was under. What was the procedure? I don't I don't know. Uh-huh. I wasn't even born. I I uh-huh. never met my aunt. Okay, uh, she was she was gone pretty sure she was gone before I was born. Um, now, so in the dad, defense of medicine, that would have been 40-plus yes, years ago. Yes, so. by the way, that was a long, 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 long time ago. They have they have gotten, yeah, I mean, it, it, but anything can happen, right? Yeah, so, sure, sure. not trying to freak you out or anything, but uh, this is the second time I've been put under. Um, it is a, it is so strange. It is so strange to be, and this last time, I met with the anesthesiologist before I went back, I remember meeting with him in the not the pre-op room, but they wheeled me in, and I never saw him. 
he must have came, he like came in from the back and hit the button and hit my portal you know wherever they had that or the i guess it was the IV, arm, yeah. yeah the ivy thing i never saw him huh. and then i was i woke up in the in a, in when you woke up were you recovery. groggy at all or are you fine or did you know what was going on or uh pain meds were, were kicked were kicked in i don't remember a whole lot of it um it was uh it wasn't until maybe a couple of hours after i'd woke woken up where i started you know it's kind of weird feeling but when like they said, let you leave how long did you have to stay? so i stayed in for three days oh so you had to stay i did so you could eat and everything normally you can do two days but i did three yeah. i was like i just want to do an extra day um they want you to i had to urinate you know before i left um because they were pumping me full of fluid like mm. the whole time i had to walk a couple of times um they were they they only wanted me to do a certain amount of ice chips and I wanted more. The mm-hmm. ice chips were like, they were like heaven. Because mm-hmm. that's all I could, I couldn't eat anything. They mm-hmm. had these clear protein drinks that I could drink. Um, and I was on a clear diet for like three weeks. I was mm-hmm. just doing clear liquids. Um, chicken noodles, or uh, chicken broth, bone broth, um, clear liquid protein drinks. Mm-hmm. Like 15 to 20 grams of protein drinks. Um, a can of chicken noodle soup. This this surgery happened right as inflation like got really bad, <laughs> or it's, it's getting worse now. But it had just gotten really bad. The mm. price of groceries had gone up, and I was like, "Man, I picked the perfect time yeah, to have weight yeah, loss saving surgery. money." A can of chicken noodle soup lasted me like three days. Huh. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it, it. I mean, it's scary. I guess I that's the second or third time I've been put under. It's the second time that I remember it. Uh, being put under. I had my gallbladder taken out too, but... Uh, well, those are all really... I mean, this is just a knee issue. Yeah. It's Well, it's it's going to be on the side of my knee, and he's got a... The problem is, with my specific injury that, that I know now, I didn't know in the beginning, because, you know, initially I thought I broke my leg. Yeah. I felt two pops, and I thought it was the bone snapping yeah. and, like, popping out and in. Anyway, so after the MRI, they see now that my bicep femoris tore off the bone. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's on the back of your leg, but it connects sort of on the side to the left of my knee. So he's got to go in on the left side. It's a left leg, so he's going in the left side, small incision. And the problem with mine is because I have strong ligaments, tendons, and mm-hmm. connective tissue, I didn't blow everything out like most people do with this injury. So there's only been like 22 reported cases of this specific kind of injury in the United States. So there's very limited data on what you should or shouldn't do rehab-wise or otherwise. Because generally what they do with this kind of tear is the whole knee is blown out. Your MCL, your all your stuff's blown out. So then when they go fix it, they just go in and repair the bicep femoris because it's inside and then the nerves and then everything that's on top of it. So with mine specifically, the problem is there's good tissue yep. on top of it. And he's got to move the good to get in and connect the bad. Hmm. What I was going to say, though, on the going to sleep is when I was 16, what I remember is... Uh, I remember the pre-op room talking, to, kind of like you said, anesthesiologist. And then I remember, I think it was a female. I remember her in the operation room. I remember getting nervous as I see the light and they're all getting ready to do my, you know, working on your head's kind of scary. And she goes, count backwards from 10. And I remember saying 10. Yeah, that's it. It's over. I was out. And then I remember being real groggy, but worse on the nose surgery when I woke up, there's a bunch of stuff on my face because I had this ah. uh, these tubes up my nose. Didn't touch it. And yeah, and and uh, and then it's a little claustrophobic feeling because they had like a mask on me and stuff. So I'm hoping with this knee, it's just kind of in and out. You hit on something before we started this too uh, about using. You know, you don't think about the little things that you use your leg for. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but 
what I was going to say is the my core. So I have I had six holes in my stomach. Basically, it was uh it was done laparoscopically. Uh, ladies, I was told that this is the closest thing to having a uh, C-section. So <laughs> I now feel your now pain. you can feel their pain. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't quote me on that. Um, I've already recorded it now. But um, <laughs> so anyway. Not using your core. Do you know how hard <laughs> any cough, laugh, it anything, is right? To not use your core. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I uh now, you know, for those of you who don't know me, I'm in recovery. Um, and there comes in comes times in my life where I've had to take um narcotic pain medication. This was one of them. And I'm completely comfortable with it. Thank goodness that narcotic pain medication, I, I, I hate them. I literally, they make me feel terrible. But I had to take, I don't even remember. Um, I would have to take one just to get up out of the bed. Yeah. So I, I would take one and lay there for a little while and let it, you know, do whatever it does. And then I would have to get up. So, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, it's, it's crazy in recovery you you take it as prescribed like mm-hmm. it's it is a legit medication that sure you, you it has a medical purpose yeah it has a medical purpose so well, so, so i haven't i'm gonna let you finish i'm sorry i didn't mean no. to interrupt you but i haven't you know i was just t- telling you this morning mm-hmm. about the pain i had right and i haven't been taking anything yep. like motrin is the the worst that the biggest i've taken yep. and, and honestly i've only taken mm-hmm. maybe three of those in the last 10 days um but i know that i'm after, gonna have to yeah after yeah. you're gonna have to take a few uh and then i you know the rest of them that i had i, I just took them to a, a drug lockbox because I didn't I didn't need them all. Mm-hmm. Um, they only give you, I don't know, like 10 now anyway, mm-hmm. 10, 15. Which um, ones did they give you, do you know? Uh, it's like 0.5, I think, hydrocodone. Well, the reason yeah. I ask is that my doctors already asked me, because they were at the ER and when I, I saw two different surgeons after the ER, I went to Titan Orthopedic, yeah. and then I went to, uh, he sent me to the guy, the specialist at Campbell's Clinic. Anyway, all of them were like, what medicine do you want? What medicine do you want? And I was like, nah, dude, I don't want it. And I figured it's because post the operation, I'm going to need it. But I'm curious how, because I don't have never taken any of it. Yeah. So I don't know how I'll react to any of it. I don't know. The hydros are is pretty there, basic. Is there any, you don't have family history. Of penicillin, uh, I'm allergic to penicillin. I'm allergic to penicillin. Are you? What happens when you take it? I don't know. I've just been well, told that's, my whole it's life. It's kind of the same thing with me. I have been told my whole <laughs> life I am, a, I am allergic to penicillin and I've yet to figure out when I was, I, I, I remember being nine or 10, eight, nine, 10, maybe younger than that. And my mother always took us at the time. Do you remember it was uh, not Elliston's clinic, but doctor, the doctor that's right, was right here yes, on the hill. The great, the great guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was that doctor's he's name? Re- he's the reason I'm deathly afraid of needles. <laughs> yeah. No, that whole, that office was like 1950 style. Yeah, yeah. Everything was stainless what steel. Was his name, bro? Oh my. I saw him all the time. Anytime, you know, my mother, anytime I, I was the firstborn, so anytime I had a cough, man, we were at the doctor. She was worried about it. And then they'd give me a shot. Back then in the 80s, man, they'd give you a shot for everything. He's so old. But anyway, I, supposedly <laughs> they gave me some penicillin for something, and I think I got a rash or something like that. And then when I went back, they were like, well, it's probably penicillin, so he's allergic. So since then, on all my stuff, it says I'm allergic to penicillin. I'm going to have to get an allergy test. Yeah, those you know they stab, or at least they used to stab you a lot. I don't know if they still do that. I don't know. I just remember being screaming right over here across the street with that doctor because he he was not, he was not. What was that guy's name? I don't know, dude. Man, he was ninety when we were kids. I I know. He's still practicing. I went to Elliston Clinic before. I went there for as a when it was a doctor's office. I as a kid, it was only like once, but I remember because I remember it was dark. 
Yeah. And uh, again, as a kid, you know, you're always scared and you go to the doctors. <laughs> and then my pediatrician got uh, lost his his medical license because apparently there this is a guy in Memphis. I remember his name, but I won't mention it. Yeah. Because I was deathly afraid of him, and that dude was shot happy. Like as a kid, all I remember was you went to the doctor, you get a shot. Period. Yes, you know. That's, yeah, um, I think that's why pets are like that. They don't. They freak out. When yeah, because they think they're getting one. They're always getting something. Yeah. That's so strange. I wish I could remember his name. Armstrong. I'm sure Arm. somebody that watches will remember yeah. who it is. We're I'm talking. Be- I'm talking about when you go up the Main Street and cover. Uh, it's not Main Street. What is that? E- not East Street either. Is there a paint store now? Or is that uh, the- it is. It, it is it because you got Brad's place. And then all the Allstate, uh, Brad Carlisle's place. Carlisle. And then you got uh, beside, is he Allstate? I hope I didn't misquote him. And then right beside it, is it a paint store? What is it now? I don't know. It was a house then, though. We're going to have to walk That's over so there weird. or hobble. I can't wait to watch the comments on this to see if They're going to be talking remembers. smack about us. Somebody will instantly comment yeah. who it was. And then they're going to say, oh, man, Ben took drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, but I agree they should be taken as prescribed. Oh, uh, uh, what else? Oh, I was gonna say. I, I want to talk. I want to talk a little bit more about the surgery too. Sure. Uh, for those of you who are watching this, and um, I have gotten hundreds of messages since having the surgery. Uh, well, course, tell folks what you weighed. Yeah. Why you decided to do let, it? All that. Let's talk about it. So, um, you know, it kind of all goes back to my addiction. Um, I was, you know, addicted to crystal meth, and I, I'm literally told my nutritionist, that I'm the only person I know that never lost weight doing crystal meth. <laughs> like, is that not just, that just shows you the the level of insanity of of the food addiction that I had. I mean, it, it was crazy. Um, I literally would force myself to eat because I didn't want people to know I was on drugs. Like, that's what I wanted. But, bro, everybody, people who knew me knew. Um and so I was three, I had gotten up to about 344 pounds. That's what I weighed. That was your max weight That's recent years? Yes, that's okay. 42, uh, that was that was seven months ago. Oh, really? Yeah, that was seven months ago. Um, that's a lot. Dang, seven months ago. Because you look like you're smaller than me now. I'm 43 years old and, and weighing 340-something pounds is not okay. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. What do no, you, what sedentary do you, lifestyle. What are you down to now? So now um, I'm about 108. Now I don't even know. So there's another. There's a whole other component to that. I'm uh-huh. gonna talk about in a minute. Um, that's why. And I have tried every diets don't work. I was talking to a nutritionist before I started. The problem is I was already 300 something pounds. So I just I got a case of the. You know what? I can't do that. I can't. You know, telling myself I can't do stuff. She was really good, and I just hired her back. Uh, she's a licensed nutritionist, dietitian, and I, she's the best. Um, and so we started to talk about intuitive eating and uh, mindful eating, you know, sitting. There, there's so much stuff I could talk about with this. Um, but I, I chose it. And me and my primary care, I highly suggest you talk to your primary care doctor. Do not just make this decision. This is a major surgery. It's a major deal. And... Statistically, 50% of the people who have this surgery put the weight back on. 50%. I don't see how they can with the stomach small. So with the gastric bypass, it's way harder. Uh With the gastric sleeve, it's not as hard because you have a little bit bigger of a stomach Mm -hmm. and it can stretch out quicker. Okay. So the portion control is what I have to do for the rest of my life. And I also have to take vitamins 
for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. The rest of my natural life, I will have to take supplements. I physically cannot get enough food to sustain my body right now. Mm-hmm. I, I can't get enough. I can't eat enough to sustain me. Yeah, nutritionally. Yeah, uh, it kind of sends you into starvation mode. So anyway, there's a lot to all that. But if you follow the directions and if you follow exactly what they tell me, and I have, and I, I've I've done everything they've told me to do. Um, I went to my six month checkup. She said normally people lose around seventy to eighty. You know, maybe a little bit more pounds. I lost 120. But, but I have a personal trainer that I was seeing immediately when I was cleared, which is about a month or two after. Um, he has worked with somebody before who's had gastric bypass surgery, so he, he knew my limitations early on. He's phenomenal. He's assistant worship leader at my, at my church. I'm going to give him a shameless plug. If you live in Memphis, Sean Lloyd, um, I'll tag him in this too because he's he's incredible. He's one of the, he's just incredible. And the money that I'm saving by not going to restaurants every day, <laughs> I spend on him. <laughs> so, um, and then I have a nutritionist, and my next my next step in the process, and this is my this was my plan going in, is a therapist because I work in mental health. You know, I put people in treatment every day for mental health, substance use disorder, all that stuff. Because I do that for a living, sometimes we're the last people that reach out for help. Yeah. And so I'm going to have a therapist that specializes in disordered eating. That's my plan. And that's what I've been sticking to. I see my trainer three times a week. Well, I, I've personally seen your, because I've known you this whole time and seen you pretty regularly. And I've, I constantly, I was joking with you one time about, you know, you have to buy new clothes every week or so. Um, one thing you didn't mention, and you don't have to give me the specific numbers. I'm just curious. Was it covered by insurance? So there's a process you have to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, my Blue Cross, Anthem Blue Cross paid for it. Um, I had a deductible, you know, a couple thousand. I think it's like three grand. I'd pay that. But, you know, you meet your medical deductible for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, <laughs> another shameless plug. Don't forget about deductibles. If you need to go to treatment, please go right now before January hits. It's I cannot stand that part of this uh, when people are seeking help and they have these ridiculous deductibles. If you mm-hmm. have met your deductible this year, please do everything you can to get some help. Um, so, um, but everything else was covered. I had to have a, um, I had to do a couple of hoops. You have to go, I don't call them hoops. There's things you have to do. You can't just have the surgery unless you got 20 grand. Mm-hmm. So you can, if you pay cash, you can get in the next available. Mm-hmm. But if you want insurance to cover it, you're going to have to do certain things. Some insurance companies make you lose weight before. Mm-hmm. Some don't. Now, mine didn't. The one I, I talked to before, because I thought about doing this before, they want you to do a six-month thing where you check in. But I, they didn't make me do that. And I got to thinking, I was like, I wonder if it's because they have to pay for those doctor visits every, you know, every mm-hmm. couple of weeks. So... I didn't have to do all that. I had to have a psyche valve, which I passed. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, I had to have, um, I did have to get some stuff checked out, some nuclear tests or whatever and all that, and then um, some heart stuff, oh, whatever you call it, I had to do. And Th- then, this is the um, band NA coming in, Ben. They were oh, trying dude. to sneak in to listen Let's to Let's get them on camera, man. Uh, they're all scared to be on camera. This is awesome. I was trying to get Noah over there to, to be a guest on a pre-recorded podcast, and they're afraid. So they're, so I've seen. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I've seen him perform, but you're in the band too. I am in the band. They are they are in a the Sorry. the band, which 
Let's discuss that name too. I don't know what Ben's perspective I is on to it. Talk about it. Well, I, I didn't really get consulted on their name, which is fine. I mean, I get it, especially Austin. I'm, you know, I'm his dad, and I brag about uh, my marketing skill and whatnot. But I also understand that uh, he disagrees with me uh, on lots of issues, and he's going to stand on his own feet. The NA thing, though, I'm torn on personally. Okay. Well, we're changing it. You're changing it. Yeah. The band NA. The band NA. Oh, you're changing it to NA the band. NA the band. NA the band. <laughs> Austin's mic doesn't work, by the way. I like NA yeah. the band better. I do like NA the band better, I think. But uh, the NA, because all it makes me think about as an old person is not applicable. Well, yeah, I think of it or, from a marketing standpoint and how anytime you do a Google search for NA, nothing will pop up simply because of the fact that Google's going to think, oh, you're searching for not available. So or, <laughs> or changing it to the band NA, removing the slash. <laughs> Just making it NA like nah. Nah, yeah, nah. nah, like it, the knights who say nah. It also stands for Narcotics Anonymous, by the way. Oh, it does it? Does. There are narcotics. Well, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. So I, this is what, this is, and I've, I've told many people this. I think if you're having a baby, if you're watching me right now, I need you to have a baby, and I want you to name it hashtag, but not the name, just the symbol. Think about your Instagram, bro. I think, think you just it, got somebody pregnant, Ben. Right? I mean, that <laughs> was, was just looking. It was just my eyes. <laughs> but seriously, like, hashtag the symbol. Yeah, well, Prince did it. I mean, right? Yeah. We're not Prince. You know, there's a reason Prince did it. It was because uh, his record label owned Prince. So the way for him to get around, I think, I think I'm uh, right on this. The way to get around it was he became the artist formerly known as Prince with the symbol. Yeah. Um, so. What I was going to say, though, is you made the comment about N.A. was uh, Narcotics Anonymous. <laughs> So when we first did, uh, well, it's happened to me twice. When I did the High Octane Fighting Championship, yes. if you go to highoctane.com, don't. <laughs> at the time, at the time, highoctane.com was a uh, a gay porn site, <laughs> and so initially we were going to be like High Octane, go to High Octane, and, and so we we ended up having to do the whole thing. I think I did like. High Octane, it was either HOFC.com or HighOctaneFighting.com or something like that's what we had to do. And then almost the exact same thing happened when we were doing the cellar because there's a cellar elsewhere that's like a strip club and it's called The Cellar. And it was the main one that popped up in Google. But there's a lot of cellars. There's a comedy yeah. cellar and all this different yeah. stuff. So, that's funny. Uh, But you do have to be mindful of the name. We're working on a new one now. So like uh, in quarter probably quarter two, spring of next year. Right. I'm hoping to open a vintage record bookstore with a recording studio in it. And it'll really be a couple of businesses in there. One of them is the vintage record bookstore. And so I was going to call it like Jam Records and Books. Yep. Jam because all my kids' initials are J-A-M. Mm -hmm. So it's Jam you know, Records, but at the same time, it, to me, it pays homage to them. Yeah. But then we're also playing with what to call the record label that would be in the backside where we do the recording. And uh, like he was interested in doing Liberty Records because they are East Liberty Records because they all grew up on East Liberty. Yeah. But then you Google that there is an East Liberty Records. Anyway, my point is like as you develop a business, like the the name and logo are very important, and you have to do some good due diligence yeah. to find out what. Yeah, I'll figure it out though. What's yeah, not there? There's a whole family of marketers in here. Oh yeah. Oh no, they're all smart and they're super <laughs> talented too. Yeah. Like jokes aside, brother, I don't care oh, what I've you seen. call it. The their that Wonder Girl single is very good. Yeah. And yeah. again, it's free. So if you guys haven't heard it, you just go to, it's on Spotify, right? Is it on iTunes? It's on yeah. Music and pretty much every stream. Yeah. YouTube. YouTube. TikTok. Awesome. Have y'all done a video yet? Oh, bro. 
I know somebody that can help you. I know somebody that can help with that. Yeah. It's called Masonite Digital Marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be in the music. I was in some rap videos uh, in Memphis when I when I first moved to Memphis. Uh, there's some really good rap videos. Well, it's apparently, my brother, my brother was in a Triple Six Mafia. He was the uh, white. He was the white guy running down the railroad tracks. And, was this before he was a cop? No, my older brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't even remember what video it was, but he was in it. Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say, you know, you're talking about uh, other talents besides being in music videos. You were a star last night, right? Okay. So, so tell us where you went, what you did. Last night, I ended up on the Orpheum uh, stage with the Blue Man Group. Interesting. Uh, they needed, I could tell their now, show. Is that a politically correct group, though, Ben? <laughs> I don't know. Blue Man Group. Can we say group? Can we say that? I don't know. Go ahead. So, um, yeah, they. I could tell, you know, they were like, oh, man, our show's kind of like not going the way we need it. And they were like, man, there's a guy right there. I think you could literally. I'm just kidding. He'll uh, save us. You saved them. I saved them. So, yeah, I'll. Uh, you can go to my Facebook page. And just look at it. It's pretty funny. There's a there's a video of you. I was playing chicken. Yeah, Josh, you can't pull it up. Mm. No, no, I have to know beforehand to put it in the pro- OBS. Oh, okay. Program. Well, I thought you could pull it up and I could watch it, and oh, then you could yeah. embed it because this is pre-recorded. Oh, that's right. We can link it. Yeah, he Let's can link it in it. so they can see it. Can we watch it while we're sitting? Here? So I saw Blue Man Group play the chicken uh, in like ninety six, seven, eight, something like that in Vegas. I saw them in Vegas live. Ed Doyle tagged us in the fifth quarter. There it is. There it is. Yeah, Josh, you can embed it so people can see it as we're watching it. Is that you? That's me. Have you got ear muffs on? They put ear muffs on uh, me for some reason, I guess, to protect me. I don't know. Are they painted or is it a, know, a mask? So they're wearing blue nitrile gloves, those blue uh-huh. glo- like hospital gloves. But their face, I have yet to figure it out. I'm pretty sure it's paint. What you do you say? You just said your name. No, I'm no. not talking. You know, nobody talks on stage. I roll my sleeves oh. up and they pull them back down. <laughs> Why'd you do that? And then, watch this. They pull out props. And so, I thought you were going to say you're going to pull something else out. I'm about to choke my chicken right here. <laughs> well, that's what I thought was a... There it is. Oh, it's what's happening. There it is. We just played the chickens. You played the chickens. In the microphone. Was it the... That's what they do. They take all this stuff and make sounds and make music out of it. It's the coolest thing. They had, you know, back when they first started, you remember the PVC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I saw them. And it was all the paint going everywhere. Oh, it's way more high tech now. There's thousands of dollars worth of LED screens, and it's just a huge production. And it was full. It was Mm. packed. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I was curious if it's the same group because I mean I know it, probably not from twenty years ago when I saw it, but my friend was researching that. I don't, I haven't looked it up yet, but I think there's some touring. There's some other ones that yeah, tour. I figured because so. I mean all you got to do is put them in blue. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I, I don't think. Well, I, NA now has a you know you can always aspire to be a blue man. That's true. Group. I mean they they make a lot of money. Uh huh. And well, they don't sing. I could do that. I, I could paid hundreds of dollars a ticket just to sit on the second row. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I was, I had fun. It was a, it was just a great show. I saw a picture now, that you were there with a, a lovely young lady. That's my friend Jenny. Yeah. yeah. So She's that was really a question I was going to ask you, not about Jenny specifically, Ben, but you know, you're a very eligible bachelor. Yep. You have been an eligible bachelor for a long time. About forty three years. Yeah. So in, if I didn't know you as well, because I know you very well, I'd probably know you as well as <laughs> just about anybody in the world. Honestly, I mean, we go way back to go Cheetos back. and underwear and yes. everything. Yeah. 
and I know you are completely got, heterosexual. I feel like we need to explain that a little bit more. But no, yeah. but I was going to say, <laughs> we, we were kids spending the night with each other. We anyway. Were, we were best friends. Yeah, we yeah, are. yeah, yeah, still are. So I was going to say, uh, uh, if it was a 43-year-old single dude, always yeah. been single, I'd be like, eh, maybe he's a little, but you know, I know you're not. So, what's the deal, man? So, you know, I've dated. I've I had a, a serious relationship uh, in recovery. Here, here's the thing about because you know my story, and mm-hmm. a lot of people on here know my story. So, in t- up until I was 30 years old, my life was not manageable. Like I was completely out there, bro. You mm-hmm. know, I was I was 21 years old when I bought a bar. Mm-hmm. Owned, I owned my own bar when I was 21 years old. Not really, and I, I was DJing, you know, DJing the bar, and then I started DJing the nightclub. It's kind of, it's kind of hard, mm. you know, in that lifestyle, the lifestyle of nightclub and bar industry. It was hard to to date. It, it was just hard for me. Uh, and then there's another, there's a psychological side to all that. I didn't feel good in my own skin, bro. Mm. Literally, this is the first time in my life, and people always ask me how I feel after this surgery. This is the first time in my life I feel good in my own skin. And I'm I'm so focused on working on me right now and and trying to make sure that I don't be a statistic of, of those 50% of people who put weight back on after this surgery. I'm so focused on all that right now. I haven't really thought about dating. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't mean mm-hmm. to be old school and be like, yeah. why haven't you gotten married? Yeah. Because that may not be everybody's uh, path. Yeah. No one knows. Everybody's got their own path, right? It's just that... Uh, you know, we're not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd be a great dad. That's You're a super thing. funny, fun person. Yep. And I think you'd be an awesome father someday. That's another thing, yeah. I mean, of course, I don't guess you got to get married for that either nowadays, right? You know, I was raised I was raised by a mom and, and – or raised by – I have a real mother, and then I had a stepmother that stepped her game up and became mm-hmm. – so being raised by a step-parent, like, I don't think you have to be blood to be a dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so – this is going to turn. I'm going to get so many DMs <laughs> from single moms. Like, hey, he's looking for looking for a stepmom or stepdaddy. <laughs> looking for a stepdaddy uh, with the kids. But now it, 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 uh, yeah, it, it's always crossed my mind. I, and I will tell you, you know, I got somebody I'm going to introduce you that, to. Everybody says that. <laughs> uh, that I cherish. There was a time in my life where I did not uh, appreciate. Uh, it's not that I didn't appreciate it. There was a time in my life where I just wasn't a very good man. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel like I was the best man that I could be. And I still, you know, I still fail at that daily. I try to be a better man today than I was yesterday. It's kind of my, my thing. Um, and those, my female friendships mean the absolute world to me. Like I truly cherish them. And I, uh, a lot of the time I'm going to, I'm going to New York over Thanksgiving with one of my best female friends. Um, and it is strictly a friend um, um, thing, and and that's that that's may be your biggest uh, that may be your biggest point of self control, Ben. It's <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of funny. They are very. I do have very beautiful friends. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, if Sugar Daddy goes somewhere with a female, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it's not gonna. Did you call yourself Sugar Daddy? I'm just saying. You know, my dad's my dad's <laughs> nickname is Buddy Love. I know. I think your dad's a, a player, man. Oh man, he's just yeah, a he's dude. fun. He's t- he's tons of fun. He goes to the cellar all the time. He's just a sweet, super sweet man. He is. He's very nice, and so, that's part of what's why y'all are uh, the ladies like uh, like you because right. you're a good dude. Super sweet. Uh, well, well, not to sidebar Ben on the sugar daddy thing, but this is getting weird. Yeah. So I was going to tell you though, I I respect what you said about you were learning who you are yeah. and your growth, personal growth, and all that stuff. But look, I want to tell you, some people. 
I think are genuinely good people. Mm-hmm. And they still screw up, right? They're going to make mistakes, right? right? And then some people aren't. And I yes. think the people, sometimes there's people who aren't, and I think they try to make the right decisions. You yes. know, they're trying to be better, but, it, you know, they just, it's hard, much harder for them, I guess, is yep. a better way to say it. What I was going to say is, I think you've always been a genuinely good person, though, Ben. Like, I appreciate it. The whole time I've known you, I don't ever, you know, I get vibes from people. Yep. Never gotten a bad vibe from you. Never got, I mean, I think you're just, I don't think you mean ill towards anyone. I think you're a good dude. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, what I do for a living. Like, once again, I have to talk about this, too, because uh, I am counting this as a work trip. <laughs> Getting my mileage paid. Yeah, tell them. Uh, so, you know, with addiction... Uh, with addiction and what I do and putting people in treatment every day and getting people help for mental health, you know, the addiction is just a symptom of the problem. Now there are, the problem with, the problem with addiction is, is nobody likes addiction, but it's a disease. Okay. And we, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because I don't really want to make the whole thing about drugs. Which we're, we did good. We did not make this podcast about drugs. No, man. Look, he always tells me all we're going to talk about is drugs. I was joking. All no, we talk about. I, I don't really talk about so, whatever else. But the but addiction, the the drug and alcohol, it has such horrible symptoms to it. But it's it's in the same category as any other disease. The problem is when you have and and this makes people so angry when I say it. When I compare it to cancer, okay, cancer is horrible. Don't please don't get get it twisted. You know, but it's a disease, right? And so addiction is is a disease. The problem is we don't like the we don't like the symptoms of that disease because the disease of addiction will cause you to steal, will cause you the the drug addicted person to steal from you, and then they will help you look for your own stuff. That's how do you love that, or how do you love somebody saying, "I hate you," you know, you you're you're the worst mom or dad. You're the I, I hate you. I, I can't stand you. What do we do when somebody, what do we do? How do you react to when somebody tells you that? But when somebody gets cancer, everybody's like, oh, my God, I love you so much. Let's have a 5K in your honor. Let's raise money for this. Let's do that. Well, I would give you a little pushback on that. I know that. you will, but now, that's I, fine. I, and I, and you, you need to educate me on this, right. okay? The, the pushback I would give, and this is on the other, the other side yeah. of the argument, cancer that wasn't a choice there, addiction... Right. Which is what I think you're fixing to say. Yes. If you have an addictive personality, right. it maybe it's an issue no matter what, right? Well, you're born with it. There's, yeah. There's a dysregulated so see, that, that may be, pathway. That, so see, that information like that yep. is information that I think would help. A, you have to educate yeah. people to okay. it. Because so, the, the perspective is, you, yeah, you say it's addiction, yes. but nobody put that pill in your hand, in your mouth. You know what I mean? Correct. No, and I, I'm, I'm completely with, with all that. The problem is, so if you have a family history of it, and that's why I asked you if you have any family history of it. So you have, you're born with, a, with you could be, uh, and it's, it's, we've, gotten, we've got all the studies. You are technically born with a broken neurotransmitter pathway. And whatever drug, so, so opiates, I hate them. They make me feel like crap. But you know what doesn't? is is uppers mm-hmm. so uh meth cocaine whatever they i love that that was my favorite i didn't even like i really didn't alcohol alcohol always led me to my drug of choice mm-hmm. which was you know the cocaine or whatever so um my neurotransmitter pathway that's dysregulated is different from my person who is on heroin or opiates mm-hmm. all right so that binded to that to that neurotransmitter pathway which made more dopamine flow into my frontal lobe that's what makes it a, it a disease. And y'all, this the opiate epidemic and the benzos, opiate, benzos, and alcohol 
Benzos and alcohol are still the most dangerous drugs, period. Alcohol is one of the most dangerous drugs ever, mm-hmm. ever, and it still kills way more people mm-hmm. than anything else. It doesn't kill them like what you think of like an overdose. It, it shuts your body down. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just so bad on your body. Um, but, but benzos are second. They're the two, those two drugs are the most dangerous drugs to come off of. So if you've been on your, your Xanax daily for, you know, 20 years, you're, you better not stop taking it on your own. You're going to have to go to treatment to, to get off that, which most doctors aren't going to take you off. Of. They're not going to take you off of it without going to treatment. Um, ben, benzos are great drugs. Xanax, all that stuff was cool. Uh, I don't believe it. I don't believe, I think, why are you not treating the under, underlying anxiety? Like, what is it that's causing you anxiety? Is it trauma? Why haven't you confronted that? Why do you have to take a, you know? Well, just to know. clarify, though, because I, 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 I see where, yeah. your, where your point is. I'm just trying to, in my head, unify the argument About that addiction, addiction is, is the same right. type of disease as a cancer that, you know. And there's arguments that people should have done other things when they end up with some kind of cancer, but they could be predisposed like you're yes. talking about. But if you have this addiction disease, mm-hmm. do you feel like that addiction is going to manifest some way? Like, unless you are addressing it, there's, my point is like, can you have the self-control to not? No, you can't just say no. <clears throat> like you, it, it changes the physiological makeup of your brain. Opiates and, and I'm fentanyl. saying before you take them. He's saying, I think he's saying yes. initially. Yeah. Yeah, no, so like so you, if, if I've never done, you know, yes. my, my 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 grandfather was a right. an alcoholic. A you knew my granddad, yes. right, Poochie, and a great great dude. But and he had, he did stop drinking, but I think most people would have said he had been an alcoholic. Right. So I, I have been my whole life somewhat mindful of maybe I have what you're talking mm-hmm. about, right? Yeah. So uh, that's like I was just saying, I haven't taken pain medicines, right? Are you good? How are we on time? I, I got whatever time. You need to go somewhere? No. Okay. No. I mean, I uh, just like talking to you, Ben. I like talking to you, too. So what I'm getting at, though, is if I say, look, I'm not doing pills or I'm not doing whatever, and I don't ever do them, my question was, do you feel like that is going to manifest some way? My addictive di- addiction disease will manifest anyway. It can. Okay. okay. So let me tell you a little quick story about all this. Uh, and I'll, I'll try to tie it in a little bit more because – there's there's just so many studies. I mean, we, we have the data. We have the journals of medicine. We have all of these people who have come together who absolutely agree. All the medical professionals in the world have now agree addiction is a disease. Now, yes, it does start with a choice. Let me tell you a story about this guy I put in treatment one time. He was 40s, I don't know, mid-40s. His, both of his family, I think his family even died. Maybe his dad and his mom died from uh, overdoses, addiction, whatever. He had made it 43 years without putting any drugs in his body, alcohol. He knew, he knew, he knew that he was predisposed. He knew that he could possibly, you know, love this and he would, it would take him out eventually. So, and plus, they didn't tell him what he grew up in. I mean, let's just be real about the trauma. Mm-hmm. The, and, and y'all, that's what you also have to understand. The drug is not the problem. What is it about yourself that you don't like that makes you want to change the way you feel? You have to change here and here. That's how you heal from addiction. The drug is just a symptom. That's what you're that's what you're using to cover up the pain. Pain plus drug of choice equals relief. The problem is that 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 circle just gets worse and worse because the relief gets shorter, then you have to increase the the drug of choice, which makes the pain go away quicker, but that that whole equation just stops working. So, this guy, 40 something years old, 
uh, never used a drug in his life. He had to have dental. He had went to the dentist. Something happened. He needed oral surgery. Something happened during that surgery where he needed to go back, and he ended up having to have like five surgeries. Mm. Every time, what'd they give you? They gave him a bottle of pills. Within six months, six months of, of, of taking those pills, he was shooting heroin. Dang. Yeah. And, it, I mean, his progression in six, I mean, just six to seven months was just, it was just horrible. He was already shooting heroin because he was genetically predispositioned to addiction, to substance use disorder. And that, when those opiates hit him, hit his system, Bob and Bill, there's, there's a thing called the broken brain. Opiates affects this guy completely different than it affects this guy. Mm-hmm. Alcohol affects it this guy way different than it. you you don't you don't have a problem with alcohol i mean mm-hmm. you yeah people that do though you know mm-hmm. and so that's what makes it that's one of the biggest things that makes it a, a disease is because you can be genetically predisposed to that specific drug binding to your broken neurotransmitter pathway which causes the more and more release of dopamine to your frontal lobe which is what causes addiction the dopamine is the feel-good stuff and that's and if folks need uh assistance on that they reach out to you and your company yeah i work for vertaba health we got treatment centers all over the country um i'll when this airs i'll put my name and number and all that stuff in the thing um but yeah i mean it's just it's it's hard though it is hard because let me please don't dm me about, you know, F you, because, you know, my, like you said, my family didn't choose, my, my loved one who died of cancer didn't choose to have cancer. You do, there is a choice. And, the, and another thing, the excuses, I don't let these folks get away with excuses anymore. Once they reach out to me, bro, it's over. You have no more excuses. There is treatment for addiction. You're not dead yet, but you're gonna be. You're going to die. It's going to kill you. If you're on opiates, you're gonna die a little quicker especially if you're getting off the internet because 99.9% of those pills are fake and they're laced with fentanyl. That's the um, new thing I was going to say, by the oh way. God, we can the go fentanyl down. thing is, a, we're seeing it in the criminal <laughs> defense world. It's the new thing that everybody's getting is fentanyl. Dude, everything's laced with fentanyl. Meth. Like, mm-hmm. bro, if, I was my, if my meth would have been laced with fentanyl, I'd have been mad as hell. <laughs> like, dang it. <laughs> This is not any good. It's making me go to sleep. Well, I do think that people have more sympathy for folks that were became addicted because they were prescribed yeah. the medication. You trust your provider, mm. and then and of course back in you know you've seen I've seen a documentary Netflix had on it yeah. where they were talking about how the doctors were basically I mean they were getting wine done and often paid yeah. to prescribe these narcotics, mm-hmm. and there was even studies that showed they shouldn't be doing that, and they still not all of them obviously, but I mean I think that's a, a large reason why the pandemic there, there's such a pandemic with yep. these opioids yes people got prescribed them i know some people personally that uh close to me that i think are are on them and i think it's because and they were prescribed them yeah well that's what like i just said you know if you're taking a daily if you're taking a daily pill if you take a daily narcotic pain, pain medication or a daily narcotic benzodiazepine meaning uh, xanax whatever if you're taking that daily and you've been taking that daily for an extended period of time you are not i'm not saying you're a drug addict you're not, but you are physically dependent. Mm-hmm. You cannot just stop taking. You cannot, if you're, if you're drinking every day, you cannot just stop. You have to have a medical detox. Luckily, I've got that option. So we have a medical detox. Um, I can pick you up, take you down to treatment, bring you back home, and you can you know, do the rest of your stuff and outpatient if you need to, but they have the, the long-term stuff. 
also um, the the days of of going off to treatment for six months to a year it's kind of not not realistic anymore especially from our working professionals I have working professionals people CEOs you know because addiction doesn't discriminate you can be looking at someone struggling with addiction anywhere um, and I and I put those folks in treatment I had a lady who wanted to private pay because she didn't want her she didn't even want it to go on her insurance which is fine you know not everybody lives their recovery out loud like I do mm-hmm. um, but you have to be medically detoxed from it uh, in order to safely. Well, I was going to say, you know, I like to say I'm not addicted to whatever, but me and Austin both are addicted to caffeine. <laughs> like, he come in uh, the – we, we've been switching. So I drink this amino energy stuff all the time. Yeah. L- literally years I've been drinking two or three of these a day. It's pre-workout what it is. Because, I mean, just sodas is, is not sufficient. Yeah. And uh, I, Red Bull's hurt my stomach, but yeah. this stuff's cleaner. A- anyway, but now we've upgraded this – was it called? An- Anaheim and an- – an- Alani, Alani Nooney or something, they're like double the caffeine. You like that, Noah? How many, you like how a lot of Nooney? How many milligrams? 200 milligrams. So I drink Celsius. That's 200 milligrams. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, so we drink, and we drink like two of those a day. I'm not, but I, I got to have it. I got to have the caffeine. If my, if my yeah. surgeon's watching this, uh, I don't drink caffeine. Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, you're, not supposed to drink, you're not supposed to drink caffeine after you have surgery because uh-huh. it's a diuretic. But I have a cheat. Uh, my, my good friends, they're not watching either, but my good friends over at Ageless Men's Health in Memphis, Tennessee, they have uh, locations everywhere. They give me the Mars, the, um, what is it? It's a bag of fluids. Yeah. Mars. It's IV. Yeah, it's, it's just IV hydration. Okay. So I get an IV about every couple of weeks to get my fluid level up. You get It's got like the B vitamins and yeah, all that stuff in it? Yeah, it's got everything okay. in it. It's just a bag of fluids like you go to the I hospital. thought you were going to say you got your steroids IV, and everything. I know, right, right in the arm. They give you your test and your uh, your trend and all that stuff. You ever, I know people look at you and say, you're on steroids, bro. Who, me? Yeah. I, well, they, until I get beside someone who is, and I think it's a clear difference. It's a little different. I'm always proud, though, because even in powerlifting, I competed with everybody that was juiced to the gills, yeah. and I won my divisions natural, which just shows you can – now, I didn't look like them necessarily, right. you know. Was, uh, but, uh, yeah, you can – but, you know, I'm going to be honest, Ben, at our age – most of us probably need testosterone. You know, to yeah. me, it's almost a fountain of youth. So I'm taking, I'm not on testosterone, but my doctor did, and this goes back to those surgeries I mentioned, uh, because everybody knows all my business. Um, because Madeline and I were trying to get pregnant. Yeah. So he put me on Clomid. And Clomid is, uh, it increased, it naturally increases your test level and your fertility level by activating the pituitary gland. Yeah. So I've been on Clomid for, I don't know, five weeks, something like that. But I haven't noticed, like, I mean, obviously with my leg messed up, I'm not really squatting. I didn't notice, like, huge increases in strength or anything like that. I haven't noticed really anything, honestly, with it. Yeah, I don't do the, you know, the trainer thing. Gosh, it's so awesome that, you know, he teaches me all that other stuff, that using your body weight and using, uh, there's every muscle group I work out every morning that I'm with him. So mm-hmm. I like that guy. I'm not doing the... I'm not lifting a lot, uh, doing a lot of push-ups, sit-ups. Well, well, even Jason Glass, my buddy Total Fitness there, we're doing all these plugs, Ben. Yeah. Uh, Jason gets on to me because he's – Jason's 47 or 8, yeah. and I'm 43 like you. And he was like, man, why are you squatting four or 500 pounds? You know, why? Why? Like one time. But twice. it's so hard. Uh, I've been so competitive my whole life. Like, every time I'm in there, it's a competition against myself often. You know, like, why aren't I doing more reps? Why aren't 
And so I don't like the idea of, well, you're trying to maintain, you know, because I'm getting older to maintain. I'm like, why am I maintaining? Let's get get better, Noah. I I feel you, bro. I feel you. So um, anyway, I'm loving it. I'm loving this new life. Uh, Well, you look sexy, Ben. The the weight loss thing, like I said, if, you know, if anybody watching this has any questions about that, I love to talk about it. I love to talk about anything. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, if your loved one ever needs treatment or you need treatment. So I'm going to ask you a question, completely different topic. We'll shut up here in just a second, okay? Because we're working on an hour and I'll be quiet. Yeah. But uh, I, I may have asked you this before, Ben. I know I talked to Aaron about it. Um, we've talked about it numerous times on this podcast. Oh, God. The movie Nightmare Sisters. Oh, man. That's so Do awesome. you remember Nightmare Sisters? We talked about this Did at, we? at okay. Comic-Con. By okay. the way, Comic-Con uh, coming back next year. Yeah, you that's sure right. Another plug. The the guy that I had on last week, Bronson, the shirt. is the big horror guy. He's the guy that was wearing the shirt. We and a matter of fact, shirt. he was on the podcast okay. last week wearing the Nightmare, Nightmare Sisters that shirt. That could be the reason that I'm not, I'm still single. Because <laughs> you've got such high standards? I have such high standards <laughs> from the ladies that were on that movie that maybe I'm looking for that. So look, look so, so Noah and Austin, let me explain. Let me set the stage they for see you. It? No, no, no. But they, I mean, they could, I'm sure they could Google it. Anyway, when we were children. We didn't have access. To we, yeah. Porn. It wasn't instant access <laughs> to see a nude female. You had to go searching for that stuff and hunting it. And so when we would spend the night with each other. Preachers watching. Me, this. Ben, Aaron. It's normal. I know. Me, Ben, Aaron. You Normally me, Ben, and Aaron. Sometimes Tim. Sometimes Tate. Whoever yeah. was with us, right? Yeah, yeah. We would go. The, our evening, our weekends, because we didn't have phones. You didn't have Nintendos and all that. We, we eventually had it. But yeah. the weekend was you go get pizza and you get a movie. You run a movie. Yes. So Correct. we would go to usually a locally owned store. And those locally owned stores, unlike like a Blockbuster, would have some like C like, and D video, level yes. video stop. Yeah. Video, yeah. Stop. yeah. video <laughs> stop, video vision. Yeah. And they often had a secret room in Aaron the back. Carson's dad had one. I yeah. That. You, knew yeah. You, so, you knew you was in the real place when it was somebody in there behind the register smoking a cigarette. Yep. You know? Yeah, they usually were they usually had an eye that was going somewhere else. Yeah. And you weren't sure if they were looking at you. <laughs> anyway, so we would go in there to rent a movie, right? Well our focus on the movie wasn't the plot. It was the cover. Yeah, it was whether or not there might be something, something. that we normally <laughs> didn't get to see. Anything better than the Sears catalog bra section. Yes, yeah, which was used quite frequently. <laughs> anyway, so we would rent this movie called The Nightmare Sisters because it was horrible. Horrible editing, horrible sound effects. The whole story was terrible. It was, not it was about these succubus demons and this college... Uh, College dorm thing. Anyway. Go to images. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You have to show them, Josh. That's it. That's the cover. That's Nightmare Sisters. Lord have mercy. And we rent, we wore that movie out. Yeah, Like, man. we rented that movie all the time. We would disappear. But, but it, had so, it had so many unique components. Like, one of the guy in it, his name is Dookie Flyswatter. Dookie Flyswatter. That's what his, his credit was. It was the guy that was, like, the swami or whatever at the beginning. He pulls his head off and stuff. Um, but anyway, I, you know, I, I just I have these such fond memories, Austin, of Nightmare Sisters. <laughs> anyway, we would we would have to we'd watch it and then maybe one of us would disappear for a little while. It's weird. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> it was usually at your house. Usually Ben's house was where the freedom was. So. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That's where we shot each other with BB guns and everything. You know, another shout out. Let's talk. I need to talk about Ed Doyle. Uh, he called me earlier, and of course he won't see Ed. this till next week. 
uh, and I got to call him back. So anyway. I, I love Ed Doyle. You, I just wanted to give one more You do more realize, shout out. before you shout out Ed Doyle, we just talked about nudity in this terrible movie. Yeah, but he's a preacher. And then in the next <laughs> sentence, you got Church Under the Tree Church guy. Church Under the Tree. Yeah. Uh, because we need it, obviously. Yeah. We oh, are. yeah. No, definitely. If anybody needs to be there, I do. Uh, but no, because he talked about, I think he talked about me on the last one, so I want to make sure I plug him. Uh, I'm still driving my brand new Express Chevrolet uh, Silverado. Because of Ed Doyle. Well, I'll tell you the last thing. Actually, and, and your then family I'll, sold it to me. I'll end it. Yeah, Mike. Mike Pegg. Mike Pegg. Yeah, shout out to him, Express Chevrolet. Yeah, yeah. So the last thing I'll say is I was just talking about you and Ed yesterday. Yes. And what I was talking about is people that I think are, are uh, the, the, people that help you for no reason. And so, like with the yeah. Comic Con, you and Ed just showed up. Just like, showed I didn't up. ask you. You came in to help, and it was just going to be me and whoever family I had around to load the stuff. Yeah. You guys showed up for no reason, and I, I greatly appreciate that. Yep. That, to me, is true friendship. It, it's so weird. Like, you know, everybody knows. I love my hometown. You know. Yeah. And I'm coming back. I'm, I'm coming back to Tipton at some point. I, you know, I moved to Memphis to get my life uh, back in order, and, you know, my life's back in order. And so, this is my home. Uh, I feel like I'll be back here, you know, not probably not in the next year, but it, it's coming mm -hmm. because this community means the world to me, and this community is about to be, you know. It's going to blow rocked. up. It's about mm -hmm. to be rocked. And Ed, Ed Dole, man, makes me love my city again because he loves it so much. And he mm -hmm. just got here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so he's. Yeah, I told him that I was curious, you know, and he could still prove me wrong, uh, but I was hesitant to fully buy in. Yeah. No. To Ed Dole because he does so much and he's so on all the time. He doesn't, you know? What I like is he's not a car salesman. <laughs> yeah, no. No, he's not. You know, he but has the thing no is, idea about cars. Maybe it's the smartest marketing deal because <laughs> he's selling the hell out of these cars. Without selling cars. Without selling cars. Yeah, anyway. they, you know, they just got a third dealership. I know. Yeah, yeah Dyersburg. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Anyway, I just wanted to talk about him because yeah. I don't know if I, I can't. I may be able to make fifth quarter. I don't think I'm going to be able to DJ it. Well, I'm going to be laid up, so I won't yeah, be Yeah, you will. Yeah. So, praying for you, bro. Thanks, Everybody man. Send Appreciate your, it. send your prayers out to Jerry while he's recovering. And like I said, uh, most folks know what I do for a living. If your loved one or whatever needs help for addiction, y'all can always call me. Mental health, we got mental health resources, and we're treating adolescents now for uh, in outpatient only, outpatient uh, for adolescent behavioral issues, you know, uh, oppositional defiance. Well, I can't. I'm not going to talk about the actual disorders. If your kid is struggling mentally or uh, with addiction, you guys can reach out. So cool. 13 to 17 year olds. And I appreciate you stepping up and stepping in uh, yeah. to, to be on this pre-recorded episode too, Ben. Mm -hmm. So last thing, since we got N.A. the band here, N.A. the band, band, any oh announcement? My, oh my you want to do a song or anything? Anything y'all want to do? <laughs> no. No? No band. No song. <laughs> no band, no song. Who's in here now? <gasps> okay. All right. Well, I guess uh, we'll sign off. So I appreciate all you guys watching. Don't forget to subscribe, like, follow the content. We're on all social media platforms as well as podcast platforms. Uh, don't forget we're on TikTok. Uh, lots of activity there. Uh, N.A. The Band, who was here today, their new single, Wonder Girl, is now available across platforms. It is free. You can download it at no cost, so make sure you go check them out. I want to thank Michelle Allen. She's our longtime sponsor and your go-to in the area for buying, selling, renting, leasing, etc. Anything real estate, she'd be glad to help you out. Of course, Mason's High Octane Martial Arts, located in Covington since 93, creating champions, black belts, and kicking lawyers. Just visit masonsmartialarts.com and we'll get you started on your own journey. And the Cellar Restaurant Prohibition Bar. Every Tuesday we have trivia. Every Friday we have live music. It opens at 4 p.m. every day, seven days a week. Great food, great drinks. And uh, if you need any help with your online presence, 
marketing, um, websites, etc. Masonite Digital Marketing, we're glad to help you guys out. So again, this one's pre-recorded. Hopefully, I will have been recovered sufficiently in order for next week to be live. And uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Keep kicking. Thanks for watching, guys. Just remember that this is not legal advice or investment advice or business advice. This is for fun and entertainment purposes only.